a great week of EuroLeague, tight games, blowouts, none of it even begins to compare to Emmett's newest challenge, becoming the world's strongest man. It's all ahead of us on EuroLeague Sweet 16. Tune in. Great pass from Diomatidis. The lob is done! Here we go, 40 minutes to a title. David Blue to three. On the mark, David Blue! Now Spinelis drives inside. Look for the alley EuroLeague Sweet 16, exactly what you need. As ever, we are up on SoundCloud and we are, of course, on wherever you get good podcasts. So be sure to search for EuroLeague Sweet 16 to subscribe and get the episodes as soon as they drop. Hello and welcome to EuroLeague Sweet 16 with and Moshe from Team Scott. And we are obviously, as always, accompanied by the great and lovely Lewis, uh, our co-host from Scotland. Also, yeah, we are pleased to announce Emmett is finally back in the old continent with new challenges new goals but first it is sunny here in in israel and tlv lewis what's the weather like in scotland don't you dare say winter is coming it's not winter's cancelled it's sunny i have washing outside i I have have laundry outside the skies are blue in glasgow can't say the rest for certain cities across europe but we'll come to that shortly yeah so uh you know obviously a great and packed show ahead of us and um i mean honestly this week could be described easily as like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in terms of the spread that we got, but we will discuss this just a bit later, you know, because there is that thing that usually lasts like, you know, four minutes, give or take. I think it is time. It is time to get to the most inaccurately named segment in all of sports and entertainment today, the four-minute warning. Four minutes to get through all the action that just happened in EuroLeague. It's the four-minute warning. So, where do we begin? Where do we begin? I mean, it was a messed up week, no doubt about it. We had the spreadsheet was like 5-4 uh, in terms of games. We saw the first game day. All games were so close, and it should have been that way. Like, we expected some blowouts. I mean, yes, Unix Cephas was we, – we anticipated somewhat of a fight, but the biggest margin was four points, the, uh, and, and – most points scored, I think, was by Maccabi, which was 77. So that led us thinking, uh, oh gosh, are we headed for one of the tightest early grounds in the early Lewis? But lo and behold, we got smacked upon the face with the insulting side of the hand in the next day. I mean, yeah, yeah, the, the very next day. I mean, I, I mean, my favorite place to start because we waited on it. We have dreamed of this day, the disaster factor that is OJ Mayo and EuroLeague, it happened. We've seen him in the flesh. We also got Elijah Bryant back. He arrived, FS, um, had a very good night. FS, now, I don't know about you, when I saw the roster before the game, I was panicking they were about to join another team with another loss because they were shorthanded. No Vasily message. Elijah Bryant pretty much straight off the plane and they had to go up against the disaster factor at full strength with OJ Mayo. And for some reason, OJ Mayo, who played a whopping 10 minutes of basketball, never made a shot, managed to turn the ball over. The disaster factor was in full swing. And I think I think it might be time to say that Unix experiment's not really working. Well, there's this thing where you should not get overly excited by an amazing EuroLeague debut. And at the same time, you should not get too panicked from, a, for the lack of a better word, sucking at your EuroLeague debut. <laughs> you know, Did you know what? That's, that's the exact word I have in my notes. So they sucked. They sucked so bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain players on this roster I really like. I mean, we are the we are the unofficial John Brown fan club, but yeah, 
uh, they were pretty poor. Mario Hazonia, 13-7-5, decent night. But Phoenix don't play like a team. We didn't really expect them to, but they were they were pretty poor. Um, Shane Larkin, on the other hand, I know we said we wouldn't panic about Efes. Are we worried about Shane Larkin's sudden inability to not turn over the ball or shoot the ball effectively? He had six turnovers and one made three. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm willing to accept this. To me, again, the more time goes by, the more less panicked I am, but I'm, I'm going to drop a, a bomb here. I really don't think that, you know, look, having a guy like Eli, Elijah Bryant, is huge. As a wing player, there aren't too many guys that you can say that they are like, you know, top notch, like way up there. You have him, you have Siobhan Shields in Milan. Uh, you have obviously James Nunnally at Maccabi. But when you look at a small forward position, you see that in recent years, and I'm not mentioning Alex Sabrinas because obviously, you know, he's injured at, at the moment and yeah. you don't really know what's going on. We cannot really say that you have that many of dominant like guys who can be difference makers, you know, in the competition or for their teams. Now, obviously, that never hurts to have a lot of firepower. But to me, the problem was and still remains their front court. Look, a team has got to be balanced, which means... Yeah, it's not balanced. Exactly. Like, the, the backcourt sometimes suffers from, you know, the, the front court. Sometimes the front court suffers from the backcourt. And the moment we'll get that, I mean, maybe the problem will resolve itself. But, you know, Maccabi, Panathinaikos, yes, I'm jumping specifically to that game because... Okay, yeah, you take this game. I never, I never saw it, but I know you did because we spoke about it. We've had quite a few uh, things to talk about after that game. I mean, scouting-wise alone right? We are seeing the necessity of a guy like Ante Zizic in the team. We see what it makes. We see how it helps, how much of depth it adds in terms of also versatility to coach Giannis Faropoulos' team. Now, I am feeling comfortable saying we are seeing a graph of improvement. We keep seeing that. Is it, are they making huge strides? No, but they are making, you know, they are taking it one step at a time, which is a good thing in my books. Also that they, they played Versus a Paul Jerusalem, I know it's not, obviously it's not the EuroLeague, it's domestic league, but they kind of smoke them. To it's me, the confidence, nothing yeah, else. Of, of course, but to me, I think seeing what Ante Zizic did, seeing how James Nunnally helped with, you know, being like He's a very tertiary kind of ball handler, Scotty calling the moves. You see like Sorkin, which is to me perhaps the biggest surprise on that roster, because we, we expect certain things from Scotty, from Ante, from Jalen, from... Um, Matias Lasor from all the other guys, but to see a guy like Roman in his uh, yearly debut season, that guy is agile AF. Like, it's not just that, like, the, the way he moves, contesting shots. He makes the smart plays. He makes the, he makes them, he moves when he needs to move. There's no, there's no like unnecessary energy ex expended. Um, Cam Taylor for me, bit of a disappointment. Not yet. I'm okay. not, I'm not feeling comfortable enough saying this. And, and not because that, you know, honestly, he wasn't feeling 100% well, like uh, the, the, the night before the game and the way that the game developed. I mean, look, whenever you have, like, I think that the toughest job that a coach can have, right, is getting someone in his EuroLeague debut season into rhythm and into that EuroLeague intensity. And Maccabi yeah. has a few of those guys. And it's like, you know what? It's very much like building and promoting young talents. It's exactly like no, that. So it's, it's exactly like that. Um, Panathinaikos, same old, same old. Like they're just they are they're not they're not as bad as we thought they would be, but they're not a good team. Well, you know what? I think I have the best way to summarize Panathinaikos. They they find ways to keep the game close eventually sometimes, but the score more than anything lies about how the game the games progressed. And yeah, here's the thing, Yogi Ferrell. 
Nah, you ain't winning the EuroLeague this year. Sorry. Nah, not a chance. Maybe, maybe next year or the year after. And then that's a nice lead-in from Yogi Ferrell not winning EuroLeague. Will Jalgiris Kaunas win a EuroLeague game this year? They because will. They will. Wow, they are awful. They are awful. I apologise to every Alba Berlin fan that might listen to this podcast. I said you would be terrible, unwatchable basketball this year. I was wrong. Jalgiris Kaunas are the worst team in EuroLeague, and it's not a contest. They wow. are. I mean, they are. They are awful. The score. The score from Bayern flatters them. Bayern edged it by two points, but it is flattering. Josh Nebo is entertaining, and Josh Nebo will get a move next summer. But outside of Josh Nebo, yikes. Joffrey LeBron's going to be out for a while. Emmanuel Moody injured. The roster didn't have a lot of depth or firepower to begin with, and they're now even more shorthanded. I would say changes are coming in Kaunas. Your also, changes are coming in Kaunas. You also said that it's going to be the, like Emmanuel Moody's last game in Europe, and eventually he ended up getting injured before. So yeah, he got he got he got injured before, so we haven't seen him. So do you know what? Maybe maybe his time in Europe is done. I wouldn't blame him to be honest. If if, if his agent listens to this, probably get him out of Kaunas. Look, I, I'm about to say something that's a bit controversial, so you better okay. be ready. Sometimes the best thing that can happen to a player, you know, who's coming to a team and you know he, he's coming with a lot of expectations from him, you know, that a team and yeah. fans has from him. If he gets injured, and don't get me wrong. I hate injuries. Like I've seen them. We've all experienced injuries, obviously, but we're not all professional athletes. That's like the, the ugly side of the business, one of the ugly sides of the business. But sometimes having that time to sit alone, it gives you that time and that quiet and somewhat of a serenity to come back at your own pace. And that is the only saving grace that I can say that you can take from such a situation. Expectations are maybe a little bit lower. Um, Bayern... Bayern, on the other hand, like they're they're starting to make they're starting to make a few shots. Still struggling from outside. I think personally, they are lacking in a a dominant player that they had last year. They're, they're lacking that a guy. Yeah, because Darren Hilliard is not that guy. He's a he's a second or a third piece. They're lacking in that guy. But they're a Trincieri team. They don't turn the ball over a lot. Only I think five turnovers against Tennis, and it's a Crappy Kaunas team that will force you into turnovers. Yeah, but when you're saying five turnovers versus Jalgiris, come on, Jalgiris have like literally no one to press the ball. They cannot play full court yeah. press. Like just looking at their guys on paper, who can you say is an on-ball defender? No one. Yeah, no. no like, not, they've not got that. Um, now, as for, as for your initial question, will they win a game? Yes, which makes them perhaps the most dangerous team right now in the early. The reason? You do not listen. When if if you're a GM, if you're a coach, you look at the, you know, before the, the first tip off of the season, you divide the teams, right? You know that like Barcelona, Milan, Chester, yeah, they belong to a group. Yeah, this is a win, this is a loss, these are exactly. my I have to win. Exactly. And when you look when you 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 know you drop a game versus a team that's like in the last place, that's the worst thing that can happen to you, which is why every team, and I send this message throughout the basketball sphere, wherever you may be whatever multiverse, you know, whatever world you're in right now, know this. You cannot come to such a game flat. You cannot come anything less of being locked in, ready to fight, because that is how you drop the ball sometimes, and you do not want to drop the ball in such a situation. And talking about balls dropping, Devin Hall. Devin Hall's balls drops. He had a big boy moment. He had his big boy EuroLeague moment. Wowee, Devin Hall. Could not make a shot. Devin Hall was 0 for 5 going into the final seconds down against Asphalt, and Devin Hall was 
straight money fire. Wow. That was, I mean, that, that was probably my, my game of Thursday night to watch because it was entertaining because Asphalt, Asphalt have, and we didn't say this at the start of the season, we thought Asphalt were strictly win by watch. We were wrong. Elio Cobo and Chris Jones are straight up fire. They are the most entertaining backcourt in EuroLeague right now. Perhaps offensively best one to punch, but you know, I have something for you. But in the meantime, while I'm searching for that specific tweet, uh, because yes, I am uh, uh, looking to, uh, you know, to explain the jinx that might follow. Uh, two things. First of all, Chris Jones is playing in a different role than what he had last year. Less, perhaps the point more in terms of just accumulating points. But for sure, Elio Kobo will, you know, we are expecting him to upgrade himself next year. Uh, but here's the thing. Oh, yeah. In four out of five games that Villarban has played this season so far, the duo of Chris Jones and Elio Kobo combined 37 points. Now, I want to give a shout out to David Hine, who, uh, you know, he told me about it, like, I think after the second round. And now we're in the fifth round, like after the fifth round. And uh, lo and behold, four out of five games. So um, still not sure as to whether, like, how special that is in terms of how many guys made that milestone. Uh, but here's the thing. I would like to apologize on behalf of the show and myself in particular for any jinx that might follow on Chris Jones and Elio Cobo in terms of maybe not having the best of shooting nights uh, uh, in the sixth round or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that was a nice game. Um, well, a bit worried for Milano because we've spoke about it before that it looked to be, like, going through the motions a little bit and the guys don't seem fully ready. Malcolm Delaney's just went out with, I believe, a hamstring injury. So he's going to be missing a few weeks, um, which isn't ideal. But yeah, Milano, Shavon Shields is in the early conversation for MVP. He's having a very good season. Oh, he's... Um, but yeah, yeah, no, they're good. They were nice. Asphalt, Asphalt entertaining, but I don't expect them to cause any problems. And I think that that pretty much takes us into the Friday card. Oh, no, sorry, I take that back. We do this every week. We forgot probably the spiciest ended game of the card outside of Milano. Vincent Poirier at the line against Fenner. No Eddie. I didn't know this. I, I read about this um, in Spanish news. Apparently, so Eddie Tavares, his partner, went into labour. Coach Pablo Lasso only found out at 6pm. So Elian Jai made his EuroLeague debut, having came straight from Madrid's training complex to the Wizink to play against Fenerbahce. He got like, I think, two hours notice. You know, it's somewhat of a cliche, but when you think about it, I mean, inside of you, on a weekly basis, making this show's content explicit, which is okay. Like we've gotten used to it for the show becoming like PG 13 and maybe higher. It's, it's, it's a known cliche that coaches always say, <laughs> and even players, they say, no, we got to be ready. And this is exactly why straight up. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, you've got to be ready. But no, um, Madrid's a little bit shorthanded. They had no Eddie, no Sergio Yule, um, they, but on the bright side, now, we, we joked about it in the early episodes that Madrid could not buy a three-pointer. We, we were on Rudy Watch for a little while. So, yeah, no, they're finally making shots. Fab Casur, big night. Um, as a team, they shot 36% from deep. Decent. That's decent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's serviceable, especially when you've got a couple of, like, you've got a couple of outliers, like Alberto Abaldi, one for five. Rudy Fernandez, two of eight. Yeah, okay, these things happen. But no, they're, they're a decent night, and it's, it's the depth of options that there was one play where, all right, we're going to take out Hanger, bring in Jeffrey Taylor, oh no, we'll take out Abaldi and bring Taylor back in. It's the depth of options we did have. And Thomas Hartel is filling his role perfectly. 16 minutes, 
10 points, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists. That, that's all Madrid need from them. Just come in and make stuff happen. Turnover's a bit of a problem. But you know what? I'd like to talk a bit, just for a quick minute, about Fernabachi because we gave them a pretty rough time and they looked like they were a player away. I still think they are, but they had a much better night. That was a much more positive sign from Fernabachi. They were scrappy, they, they fought, and they looked like they could win, which is a big difference from the previous weeks from Fener. Here's the thing with Fener. Djordjevic, he's very well known for uh, being a coach that his players love to play for him. Specifically from this encounter, not taking a thing away from what Fenner did and how they fought, I cannot help but wonder what would have happened if Madrid still had Eddie Tavares, because that's a huge yeah. presence in the paint. Like, honestly, first of all, I know that you're probably going to criticize me, and rightfully so. Uh, I messed up this week. I messed up. As you guys know, we have our lists that we, you know, we, we do our things with the predictions. So I may have forgotten to ask the lads for their, uh, you know, Friday for their uh, Thursday predictions. I mean, they gave their Fridays, but, you know, just because I'm, I'm, I'm a sore loser sometimes on the Friday card, I declared this round void because it has to be you know, all the, uh, come on, you're laughing, but you know, I'm right. All or nothing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I take responsibility because I didn't realize that you hadn't asked for the prediction. Then it was like, oh, no, we forgot. Yeah, on the bright side, there were no pastrami talks whatsoever. But you know what? However, Emmett is planning to become the world's strongest man. I think it will be a first from Ireland. Like, should he make it? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? If he's not the world's strongest man, I've got a job for him. A bouncer. Better. I mean, it's a bit cold, so it might not be to his taste. I hear Seska Moscow need a big man because Kenneth Reed was not the answer. So that so there we go. Emmett, if strongest man doesn't work out, keep using those weights, sir, and we'll get your job in the front court. I mean, oh, the manimal, no. The the manimal, no. Was, I mean, he only played two minutes, but in that two minutes. Wait, you you're telling me wait, 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 wait. You're telling me now that we can expect or should expect or we should be eager for the return of Bearded Thunder. That has yet to make yeah. an on-court appearance since the the media game of 2015. I, I think we should. I think we should. I think I think we can get. I'm going to get Coach Atutis on the phone right now. So I've got the answer. Don't you worry about Toko. Don't you worry about Milutinov. Get Farid back to Puerto Rico. I've got your answer. Irish Thunder. Seriously, and and, and you and you still managed to do like a free publicity stunt for their uh, for actually it's ours newest business with Pastrami. The, the, oh, sorry, that was the truth. Now is the answer, yeah, the and yeah. it all connects so beautifully. But I love the segue to to Cheska, and I'm so glad that you brought it up because you cannot talk Cheska without talking Olympia Coast. And as we are yeah. so much short on time, because it is a double rounder, and we can go on and on and on and on. I'll make it short. Tyler Dorsey, to me, <laughs> wait, yeah, the dude's money. And seriously, there are no strippers around here. So why are you making it rain for the love of God, Lewis? Because he, I mean, I am pretty sure he is still as bought as the sun right now. Seven of ten from deep. Like, Let, let's be honest. I, I legit think that Maccabi are looking at him and, and thinking to themselves, what could have happened if we would have managed to keep him, bring in Nunnally, and have Scotty next to him? This would have been perhaps the team with the most firepower. Like, that would have been a shooting team. And you know what? Yeah. When was the last time that we've seen a shooting team in a EuroLeague? Like a legit straight-up shooting team. Dare I say, dare I say, since the Cheska that had Chacho and Decolo 
and Higgins or Wincheska had Milos and the Colo and, and and you're you're catching my drift. Like, listen, when 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 uh, Anadolu Fest faced them in that uh, uh, finals game, I remember telling Emmett in the preview that we did in the live broadcast. Listen, the one thing that Anadolu do not want to get into is a shooting match. Is a shooting contest exactly because they can shoot the ball well, but Cheska are a shooting team. It's like the difference between a guy who fights great and a great fighter. And yeah. to me, what I am taking from it from this game is that perhaps, just perhaps, I mean, yeah, Will Clyburn is fire. We know that. Uh, but um, he was good. Here's he, he, was, he, he was money. He's so smooth. Yeah, but here's the biggest issue, in a manner of speaking, for uh, uh, Olympiacos. They have the talent. They have the experience. But to me, they are still somewhat naive at this point of the season, which is perfectly good. I have no complaints whatsoever. Am I still seeing them as Final Four contenders? Hells yes. And that's it for me. Cheska, they, they be Cheska. They do Cheska as ever. But that, that's that's it. And Joe, you've got, you've got a nice segue in there. So you're talking, you'd rather be a good fighter than fight good. Let's talk about the fighter of EuroLeague. Trainers Vesta. They went down. They went. I mean, that was a shock. I mean, that was that was a game. When you talk, like the games that you kind of pencil in as that is a win at home against Alba Berlin. Sveno Svesta had that eye that is like, let's chalk that one up. Let's use pen. I'm not even using pencil. And Alba Berlin came to play. I mean, okay, I'll gloss over it a little bit. Sveno Svesta were bad. They just they just shot the ball straight up bad. Six of twenty-five from deep, seven of fifteen from the line. Like, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, but do you know what? Alba Berlin, 50, 40, 83. That was their splits. Like, turned the ball over nine times as a team. 17 assists. Madolo, 17 points. Tamir Blatt, Zussman, double digits as well. Luke Sigma. They got the points flowing throughout the team. Are Alba Berlin a good basketball team? Not really. They're not the Alba Berlin we're used to. But they've got some nice pieces who on, this is terrible to say, on other teams could definitely fill a role in your league. Alba Berlin are the team that you're like, you know, you romanticize about it because you have a lot of guys that, you know, they're, they're, they're like nice kids. And this was yeah. Tamir Blatt's coming out party. Like, you know, in terms of like your league, the way he exploded. Uh, kudos for him. Like, love seeing that. Great job, kid. Keep on doing the good work. Um, you know what? I wasn't surprised, I think, with the loss of Zvezda itself rather than how they lost. Because, yes. because till now, they were perhaps one of the best defensive teams in the competition. Like, they had a very specific scheme. They were fighting. They were, you know, essentially living, living it all out there on the court. Uh, and they, they simply got whooped, you know, losing, what, 15 points, was it, I think, at the end? If memory serves yeah, me right. 78, yeah, 78-63. It, it, it was pretty tough going. Yeah, so that's exactly my point. I mean, look, they they got Cheska like going all the way, like cry till the very last second almost. Yeah. So should you expect yeah, every now and I mean you can expect from a team like that every now and then to drop a game in such a manner, but it just like you know, it 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 kind of baffles me that such a good defensive team versus a somewhat, somewhat limited offensive team like like Alba Berlin, Berlin, and they lose like with 15 points. I think that might have been their biggest loss in terms of point differential. I think it might have been, but yeah, Nicola Callan is going 0 for 6 and coughing the ball up five times definitely does not help. You know what? Which, 
you, you've yeah, picked, you, no, it's okay. You have a lot to be sorry about after the show, no worries. Uh, no, you, no. You, I've actually got a lot to be sorry now because we had a conversation on Friday evening where I said I preferred Monaco to Maccabi. I liked Monaco's pieces better to Maccabi's pieces, which was at the point where Maccabi, eh, sorry, Monaco decided they did not want to score a basket. They just they just decided, you know what, basketball, not for us. Cool, 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 cool. It was painful. It was painful. Basconia, yeah, like, Contesio had a good game. 27-4. He was nice. Other than that, like, Gadritis had a Gadritis game. Jason Granger, to me, had a, a Jason Granger game, 12-6. and six. That was it. Nothing glamorous. But Monaco were... <clears throat> Three of 26 from deep, 57% at the line. They managed 11 assists, which six of them came from Leo Westman. They are not, like, I mean, they're not playing, they're not shooting the ball well. That, that, that's kind of the summary of the, these last few games. The teams that lost did not shoot the ball well. Well, you know, shooting the ball is rather an elusive term. What is really shooting the ball? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play a risky game here in the hope that I jinx him. Mike James needs to find out. Mike James needs to find out soon. He is not having a... Like, he is not shooting the ball well this season. He's one of... What What did you expect, oh, though? <laughs> what did you expect, though? He has so much upon his shoulders. You know, if you're talking about pieces, I told you, the the town spread, it's like we talked on the, on the WhatsApp group. The town spread that Maccabi has is much bigger. It's much, you know, deeper than what, what Monaco has now. True. Okay, 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 I get it. Mike James, yes, he's under a lot of pressure. So Mike James has made 11 three-point field goals this, se this season. 11 of 37. Not great. If I was to tell you, of those 11, six of them came in game three against Real Madrid. So in the other four games that he's played, he is... Five, five of 27. Five of 27. Mike James. Mike Revenge Season James is five of 27. It's not bad. I can't, I'm sorry, you said that with a straight face. I can't believe you said that with a straight face. That's at five of 27. How is that a straight face, for the love of God? It's a brutal straight face, but yeah. Um, I, I like Rob Gray. You'll, that's it. That, that's my take on Monaco. I like Monaco, but they had a pretty awful night, which leads us into probably the disappointing game of the week. The game we have built up, we we had this. This was this was Friday night lights, and it was anything but. The, the most exciting part of this game was the presentation Barcelona done before the game for the 2010 Euro League winners. That that was the, the exciting part of this game. Well, yeah, about that. You know, I I wish that Aris was here. Uh, by the way, he will be with us. Really, I am. I, I do mean what I say. He'll be with us uh, very soon. Emmett is coming back really next week. It has been confirmed and. Here's the thing. First of all, as for, uh, um, you know, Zvezda, when we talked about their biggest loss in terms of point differential, yes, I do believe that that was, um, you know, that was the one where they lost oh, wow. by, you know, 15 points. But, you know, other than that, let's talk, let's talk facts, shall we? If I said that Olympiacos are naive and the Cheska, at, at this point in time, and the Cheska are Cheska, the team that you should fear the most at this point in time, and again, I am not impressed by their uh, shooting from deep abilities, are Barcelona. And here's why. That team is playing like, I mean, they have zero concern or value for human life on the court. 
whatsoever. I mean, when I said you've, you've got to play 40 minutes against them, scratch that. You've got to play with an 80-minute intensity in those 40 minutes to stand a chance. It's like it's if, if we're talking revenge season, this is redemption plus vengeance plus killing season by Nikola Mirotic. The oh, dude geez. is a straight-up killer. Yes. So he played. I'm going to tell you his numbers. 20 points, four rebounds, one assist. He was seven of nine shooting, perfect three of three at the line. 20 points. Nikola Mirotic plays 15 minutes of basketball. <laughs> and 27 seconds, Lewis. It's all about... And 27 seconds. I'll, I'll spot yes. you the 27 seconds. I, I, I assumed he was just resting in those seconds. That is not the first time this season Nikola Mirotic has scored more points than Mirotic played. That, that is the second time this season, I believe, where he has scored more points than he's actually played minutes. Nikola Mirotic played, played the first quarter, played the next five minutes, then went home. He was having his dinner by, like midway through the fourth quarter. Game was done. Okay, so here, um, here's another thing, right? When you're talking 27 seconds, I know that this might not sound as a lot of time, but it is more than enough time, right, for some things like running a 100-meter dash, like for us guys, for the old ones. You know, you, we, can maybe, we can maybe complete like, a, a, okay, maybe 100-meter walk, <laughs> not even running at this point in time, especially with the physical limitations that some of us have. But, you know, Lewis, in the meantime, is trying not to uh, lose his... Uh, I, I have nothing to contribute at this time. Um, but no... Yeah, but, you're, so, wearing, uh, you're wearing a Saragossa hoodie? Uh, I, I am, yes. So, as very much common knowledge, I did not spend all my time in Barcelona. I did have a, a, a year spell, a, a year sabbatical, shall we say, uh, in the lovely city of Zaragoza. Good people, some good stories about the basketball team there. So yeah, I am wearing a Zaragoza hoodie because I am shortly going for a run as soon as we finish recording. So it's much more appropriate than my running attire. Okay, but, let, let's talk Zanadin. I mean, when you're talking dirty laundry, I mean, thank you. Yeah, like, yeah, let, let, like if we want to talk about long, painful experiences, let's talk about Zenit. They need Shabazz. They need Shabazz badly. Exactly. Yep. I mean, just the shot distribution comparison, right? First of all, like if you're looking Barcelona, Barcelona made like uh, uh, say um, 65 shot attempts when you're you know two and three point, and you know how many Zenit had 15 less. They only you know what get this because this I cannot be worried enough. I cannot like look. You have Billy Barron, you have like Jordan Lloyd, you got all these great guys. Yeah, and, only, and only 10 three point attempts. 10. And you made two. And you made two. You made two. Yeah, it's painful. I mean, that, that's tough going. But what, what really struck me was, I'm going to give you two numbers. Nine and 17. Zenit coughed the ball up 17 times, but only made nine assists. That is an alarm bell. That is, you, you, need, you, need, a, you need a ball handler. You need someone to control and dictate where that ball is going. Because see if it's not, yikes. Full disclosure, when you said nine and 17, I thought you were legit talking about our shooting percentage, like from deep back in the day for, you know, when we played as a team. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you should have given I don't think it was even that, Yeah, I don't, don't even think it would be even that high, to be honest. Um, what, 9 of so, 17? Yeah. Nah, come on. Oh, nine, nine, 9 of 17, yeah. 9 of 17, yeah, I'll give you that. 9 of 17. So now we go into the big one, the second big one of the season. It's a double rounder week. Moja, let's hear your predictions. Before my predictions, come on, we, we can spare a few minutes. Not a lot, but still, we we, we, uh, we can talk about the, the previous double rounder. 
and, and say like, you know, what have we learned from that one to this one? And here's the first thing. I have to be in better shape this time editing the episode because we are recording on a Sunday uh, because of technical difficulties that we've encountered yesterday. Uh, but, but you know what? Here's the thing. We are seeing more and more, uh, um, say, uh, minute distribution, more equal minute distribution attempts from teams coming into that double rounder, which, like, you know, that is a given. That is a given. Uh, the question is, what's going to happen? Because for some teams, you know what? One and one, that is something they should aspire to. Never 0-2, never 2-0 is an achievement. And just looking better, because that is essentially what I would love to see from the teams. Uh, continuation, maybe consistency, and you know all those words that that we uh, usually connect that are connected with the world, the beautiful world of basketball. That is. Um, other than that, like I don't think we should see something special. Um, like, sorry, should expect from teams something special. If you've been showing a graph of improvement, just continue with it. You know, continue with it. Uh, but. In general, I think that is pretty much it. What do you think? Yeah, that, that is it. I'm, I'm curious to see like there's certain teams that we will talk about, no doubt, in the future, that they really cannot afford to go 0-2 this week. They cannot afford to go 0-2. I'm looking at you, Kenneth. You've got a tough week, and you cannot go 0-2. Oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. Like Straight up, there are some teams that 0-2 might actually be the white flag they need to raise on that season. And I'm not meaning like oh, a yeah. checkered flag, like a legit, like, you know, we give up. Throw the damn towel hey, kind of thing. Yeah, that was yeah, a lot hey. more kind of a reference of throw the damn towel. And I, I mean it. I do mean it. Okay, so round one. Round, round one of the week. Let's hear your predictions. Who have you got? Uh, before my predictions, games to watch. Lewis. Oh, games to watch, yeah. Yes, games to watch. Now, um, wow, that, that's a toughie. Obviously, I think the first game should be Fenner Barcelona on the first game day. Yeah, and on the second day of the sixth round, I'd say, you know what, the go-to should be uh, Zenit Madrid. Even though you know, maybe Asvel can maybe pull off a surprise here just because of you know the current situation of, of Wojcicki. Uh, but yeah. as for my picks, I'm going with Monaco. Against Vesda, I'm going with the home rule, even though, you know, at Barcelona, I'm expecting them to win and remain perfect. So, uh, Monaco, Barcelona, Olympiacos, Maccabi in a very tough one. Unix will win Basconia. I know I've skipped, like, Bayern, give me a sec. Uh, Madrid, Cheska, uh, Anadolu, Efes, and I'm taking Milan, even though I might be sorry for it because Bayern are getting into rhythm. Well, yeah, I actually, I agree with you on your picks. Um, Barcelona, I think, will be a nice game. And Zenit-Real, because I think Real is starting to find a, a groove. And Zenit need to find that groove quite quick. We had high hopes for Zenit hitting this season. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Zenit don't need to find their groove. They need to find the freaking win. <laughs> that's what they yeah, need to yeah, find. They, yeah, that, that's a game they need to come away with, with the win. So my picks for round one will be... Monaco, Barcelona, Olympiacos, Maccabi, Milano, Basconia, Real Madrid, Cesca. Yeah. 
And what about Panathinaikos? Any, any experiment, Anakin me, I'm going to say Basconia pull out a win. Wait, Panathinaikos and Adolu Efes. Uh, and of course, sorry, it's just such a like pencil that one in. Efes, Efes are winning that one. So we're we are straight up together, like it's out of the uh, Basconia Unix game, right? Yep, that's it. That'll be the one that separates us. There can be only one. Okay, so second second half of the of the week. I've got two games, and I think we're going to differ on the games we think we should watch. I went with Olympiacos Fener. Fener got a tough week, and they, they're a team that, that will probably go 0 2, but could really do with splitting those. They need they could do with a win in one of them. Olympiacos Fener for my early game, and then for the last game of the week, no doubt you cannot disagree with me. It's revenge season. And I've just jinxed them. Mike James against Seska Moscow. That, that's, that's your game of the week. Yeah. Or it could be an absolute yeah. disaster and we'll all be in our beds by the second quarter. So what do I know? It's highly likely what's going to happen. You know what? That is actually a game I'm willing to fly to Moscow to watch the game. If it weren't oh, for yeah. COVID, I'm definitely heading out there. Okay, and your picks for uh, that round? My, oof, this is a tough one. Um, my picks are going to be Bayern, Olympiacos, Barcelona, Milano, then Real Madrid, Zenit, Efes, Asphel, Monaco. Wait, you know yeah, what? I'm, 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 I'm probably going to regret that one, but I, I feel Mike James has got to go off. He's got to go off eventually, and this is the game he goes off. This is a game that Cheska can drop because of that. Like, you know, they are, like, if there's one thing, you, you can say that they are not, like, Monaco are not talented enough in, in their front, like, in some of, with some of their guys in the front court. But they definitely can inflict some pain. They got the muscles, they got the athleticism. That is exactly where Chesca are lacking right now. Um, but with the Manimal, you know, he might have a better game next time. So, you know, yeah, yeah, I've heard you doing that. You did that like when I talked about Basconia in the previous double rounder when I said 2 0. So, you know, uh, but for me, it's like the first game I'll watch is Maccabi Barcelona. Because this is a good okay. chance, I think, for them to actually measure up and see how well they have improved versus a team that's like a title contender. And right now, okay. pretty much leaves a path of destruction with, you know, against anyone who just dares to stare them in the eye, not even, you know, challenge them. So that is the game I want to watch on, you know, obviously uh, uh, Thursday. And the Friday card, oh, that is a toughie, Monaco Cheska. Yeah. Um, yes, it's, I mean, you, you would not watch it. It's like, it, it's a painful game to watch, but that gets kind of painful where you're like, ooh, will they, can they? But it is what it is. So let's go to our picks. Hmm. I'm going with Bayern. I'm going with Olympiacos. I'm going Barcelona, Milan. Yeah, Madrid, they're finishing this week with a 2-0. Uh, Zenit which means Basconi are 0-2 this week. It just, it's just that the competition is too great, I think. Um, yeah. And Anadolu FS, if they somehow lose to Jadris, if Jadris manages to pull off a win this week, Yoza. Again, I'm saying they are a very tricky team to play against when they're coming 0-5. If they get a win this week, it will not surprise me whatsoever. And FS, by the way, lost also in the Turkish League. So they're clearly going through the motions. Um, I want to take us, I'll take us well, even though I'm not feeling that comfortable because Penathanakos, they really got to win one. And just to be on the safe side, I'm taking Cheska because Cheska are Cheska. Mike James is Mike James. That's, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's like, I, I honestly don't know who they got to stop Will Clyburn. If Will Clyburn catches fire, it's done. Yeah. Okay. So that's us. We've got a big, big week ahead of us. 
Well, are you saying big because we're calling Emmett Big T and he wants to be the world's strongest man? Or are you just, you know, saying big week because we are, in fact, heading towards a big week? All of the above. Option C. Philosophical questions are many, many, many this episode. I will not lie. I think it's time for us to say our goodbyes because we are, in fact, heading for a very nice week ahead of us. And honestly, words, a few words of, of encouragement. Emmett, we are proud of you for you know choosing that path and after seeing you know guys like eddie hall winning the world's strongest man if you want i i think that might be a good thing no lewis you know i'm, I'm, I'm just yeah saying and we look for we look forward to having him back soon so he can indeed do some of the heavy lifting <laughs> and and that's like literally oh man uh but you know before we say our goodbyes we'll say one on behalf of Emmett. Emmett, first of all great to have you back in all continent looking forward to having you next week um and i mean you can always find him on the various social media platforms uh with you know just look at bond europe so you can find him at the various social media platforms over bond europe uh aries at our barcus and obviously the, the various social media platforms of your hoops lewis our half glenny on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at Half Glenny and I'm getting a quick word in. Euro Cup season has started, so it's going to be very, very much green and black themed from here on out. Yeah, I really gotta ask you With- what what's the physical you know activity that you're you have planned for tonight, today? Share with us. I, I have actually I I am running a marathon and did I say it, six weeks time and I am totally unprepared for. So I've got to go a run to prepare for said marathon. Okay, so I'll just make sure that we're we're gonna have a crane or a forklift for the very least to pick you off the ground after you're gonna collapse. I think. Exactly. Yeah. As for me, not not none whatsoever. Like I'm just enjoying life now. You know, doing some R and R every now and then. But you can find me Moses B One at I am Team Scott on Twitter. Uh, we are planning to start a to open an account for you know, the show itself, which will probably happen this week. So also on, by the way, Team Scout, the Facebook page, the website, you remember. So yeah, go there, do that. And it is time. It is time. We are reluctant to say goodbye, but I think we have to. So till next time. Great pass from Diamantidis. There we go. 40 minutes to a title. Drives inside. Looks for the Sweet 16, exactly what you need.